my view is that you should be looking out for deals in any market, up markets, stable markets, uh, static markets, down markets. There are always deals available. Welcome to the Fueling Deals Podcast, the podcast that teaches how to accelerate your business growth through all types of deals. It's time to fuel up, so buckle in with your host, Corey Kupfer. There are only two ways to grow your business, organically through sales and marketing and providing great products and services, and inorganically through deals. Too many companies focus only on the first way, organic growth. Welcome to the podcast, which will help accelerate your business growth inorganically. My guests are a huge variety of deal makers and experts on all types of deals who have personal experience that can help you grow, get clear, learn best practices, and avoid mistakes. We discuss everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to small deals that you can do even without significant capital. Uh, today is a solo cast, and uh, my last solo cast, uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, you should check it out, is on doing deals in a recession and why there are um, uh, opportunities, you know, specifically to do deals in a recession and even, you know, discuss the, the possibility that, you know, at some point there'll be another recession and whether you should be, you know, preparing for that. This is the other side of the coin. This is doing deals, this solo cast, I'm going to talk about doing deals in the good times, in the up times, and what the benefit of that is, and also what some of the risks are as well. Um, so, so let's talk about that, right? You know, right now, uh, even though, you know, there's always some noise, hey, that, you know, the, this the risk, uh, things in the economy, uh, in terms of whether it's the, it's the debt, whether it's some indicators around, you know, um, uh, jobs and, and things like that, uh, whether it's trade war with uh, China, etc., there are a lot of good indicators, right? I mean, consumer confidence is is uh, has been has been decent. Uh, you know, unemployment is uh, is low. Uh, stock market is high. Uh, there is uh, significant availability of capital, which is something that happens in good markets that I want to talk about. Um, so let's talk in general. And listen, you can make your own judgment in this uh, the day and age, uh, in this uh, moment, as to where we uh, are in any given cycle, and you know which way you want to bet. Although timing a market's always tough. Um, so I, you know, my view is that you should be looking out for deals in any market, up markets, stable markets, uh, static markets, down markets, there are always deals available. So let's talk about the opportunity to do deals in good markets. Um, whether you believe this is one or not, you can apply this to another time if you, if you think we're, we're heading in a, in a different direction. Uh, I think there's still some more runway here, but you know, who knows. So um, what happens in, in, what are the advantages in up market? Well, first of all, uh, there is availability of capital. And although we always say, and we've done a lot of examples in, on the show of deals where you don't need any capital, you know, minimal capital or no capital up front, um, you know, listen, uh, availability of capital does provide the opportunity to do certain types of deals that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do that do need funding, uh, whether that's M&A acquisitions, whether that's, uh, you know, certain strategic alliances, whether it's a significant investment needed into hard assets or heavy marketing or things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of money around right now. And there's in good markets, there tends to be a lot of money and people were looking to deploy that money in ways that, uh, that make sense. And the cost of capital, um, because there's a lot of money, the cost of capital is, is often uh, lower. Uh, and the, um, 
investment standards, whether that's lending, whether that's equity, investments, et cetera, sometimes get relaxed. Now, from the point of view of an investor, that's a risk on their side, right? That they, they end up uh, potentially overpaying for deals or, or, you know, in the good times, the banks, you know, relax their lending uh, capabilities. And we've seen that run into trouble. But from the side of the business owner, the entrepreneur, the executive who's looking to grow a company, having inexpensive money with fewer restrictions is potentially a good thing. Now, obviously, if you take it, money you can't afford and you and you take it in a way where you make a bad business decision and do a bad deal, um, you know, or using it in poor ways, you can get yourself into further trouble. But if you're using it to do good deals, well, you know, that's that can be a great thing. So that's certainly uh, an advantage. Um, another advantage is that, uh, you know, if you identify companies the way you think you can run them better, or where there's some synergies or opportunities that are beyond what the current company is doing. So very often, this is true in any kind of market, right? One of the reasons why you're buying a company is because you see an opportunity in it beyond what the current owners uh, are able to do or see or are willing to do or have the capacity, whether it's you know, because of capital, because of talent, because of you know, maybe they're at the end of their career and they just don't have the energy or desire anymore to take, you know, move into the next direction that they maybe they even know they need to go there, but you do. Or maybe you're buying a company that's strategic, that's synergistic to what you're doing, and you have the distribution of a similar product and you have the the ability to sell more of whatever it is that you know that you're buying, right? Or you have better technical uh, uh, skills that can uh, make the product even better or, uh, you know, uh, combine it with some other uh, product that, that makes it more valuable, right? Usually there's some, I mean, it, listen, if you, if uh, I'm talking about in, in an M&A deal right now, if, you know, if you're going to buy a company and, you know, the other side's going to value it based upon their historical financials and you think you can't do anything more with it, well, you know, that's not a great deal. I mean, it might be an okay deal because maybe the, the company throws up good cash flow, and you know you'll, you know, you'll pay off the the, um, the debt service or the uh, or you'll amortize the capital you put in over a period of time, and you'll add accretive um, revenue and profit to your bottom line, and it's a nice it's a nice kind of deal. Um, so I'm not saying you don't do those kind of deals, but the, the the really successful deals, the ones that have big upside, are the ones where you can say, hey you know, the company's doing pretty well now, or maybe they're not doing well, but I know when, when I bring them in uh, to my company that because of our expertise, because of our particular talents, because of synergies, because of an opportunity we see that the prior owners don't see or whatever it is, that there's a lot of upside. So what I'm going to pay for the company is going to be less than, uh, you know, not only am I going to get over time the accretive uh, profit uh, after I advertise with that service, but there's an upside. I can take this company to another level. Well, in, in, a, in, a, in an up market, um, the ability to do that, if you see those opportunities, you can leverage that much more quickly, right? Because the market is good and because whatever opportunity you see for that synergy, for that combination of product, for that improvement, for that adi that additional um, sales channel, um, you know, you've got a good economy to sell that into, to, to, to move that into. And it's going to accelerate you know, much more quickly than in a down economy where maybe you got a little cheaper, but you're also going to have a longer runway to be able to get it uh, to fruition, to, to you know, build out that uh, and, and execute on that plan. Um, so uh, there's that ability to run with a good economy in, in that gap opportunity that you see, for example, in an acquisition deal. And by the way, it's not, it's most easy to see there, but it's the same kind of thing. I mean, if you see something in a joint venture or a strategic alliance of some sort, 
uh, because you see that there is a, you know, one plus one equals three or five or 10 opportunity there. Well, in a good economy, you're, you're able to probably leverage that more quickly and more at a higher level for a longer period of time than in a down economy. So that's a potential reason to do a deal in an up economy. Um, so let's talk about some of the challenges and then, you know, we'll also come back to some of the other benefits. Some of the challenges on the other hand is that it's uh, companies can get expensive, um, especially if you're talking about on the M&A side uh, or, you know, even on, a, let's say a licensing deal or some other, you know, deal. If, if there are a lot of um, people out there competing for these types of deals and, there usually are more competitors in a, in a, in a good market because more people feel that they can do it. They're more confident, you know, they're more flush with cash. There is more money out there, meaning not only to uh, back uh, entrepreneurs to buy stuff, but where venture capital firms and private equity firms are buying and sometimes driving the prices up. So you got to watch out for that, right? You don't want to overpay in a good economy because uh, if the market does turn and you've overpaid, you can have a problem. On the flip side, if you've done a good fundamental deal, this is, this is the key thing. If you've done a good fundamental deal that really, really works and has the right kind of cushion and you haven't overpaid, even when you hit a recession, um, you are probably in a, in, in a position where you could ride it out. And that brings us back to uh, the positive side where um, the scale that you've created by doing deals whether that's in terms of the additional revenue or profit or size of the assets, the company or size of the employees, now that scale, although obviously it could be a liability if, if, if things really go down and you haven't cut quick enough if you have to cut some expenses, it is also a benefit because companies with more scale, if they're fundamentally sound, if they're not uh, leveraged, if they didn't get scaled through highly leveraged you know, uh, activity, like you know, taking out a lot of debt, are usually the ones that are in a bigger, better position to survive the downturn. Um, so scaling now in the upturn actually puts you in a better position to uh, uh, get through the downturn. And by the way, then to do deals in the downturn, like I talked about on the last podcast, and then uh, be in a stronger position coming out on the upturn because there are fewer competitors. So, um, you know, one of the ways you potentially prepare to do deals and survive a downturn is actually by doing deals during the good times. Um, the other thing, you know, that, that is sometimes a challenge in good markets is that talent becomes scarce. And, and there are definitely uh, industries, uh, you know, we could talk about the political wranglings around the unemployment rate and how true it is or whether people are underemployed. And there's definitely a lot of truth in that. But it, what they're clearly is true uh, in a number. I mean, I, I have many entrepreneurial uh, clients and friends and uh, I mean, talk to people in tech, boy, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I have a couple of friends who are uh, do tech recruiting and, you know, or uh, and place people. And, you know, their bottleneck is the ability to find good talent. I mean, they, they have jobs that need people. Um, so, you know, sometimes talent is, you know, is, is, uh, is a challenge. Um, but, you know, hopefully you've built the kind of culture and you compensate people, uh, you know, at least competitively and you treat, treat them well and you, have, and you pursue them to grow and, and you, you know, you have the ability to maintain a great people and attract great people even in a good market. And the truth is, listen, if, um, even though uh, you may have to pay a little more, for the right people, that marginal, uh, you know, additional amount is not going to kill you. Uh, what will kill you is if, you know, you're paying people uh, just significantly above market. And frankly, the people who are only looking at and making top dollar are probably not the best employees anyway. 
Um, and those are the first people who are running into trouble when the, when the market does turn down. So, you know, talent may be tight. That may be a little bit of a challenge. But at the same time, if you can secure that key talent, there is opportunity for them on the upside to grow. And if you create, you know, this is where creating your uh, compensation and, and uh, what I call attraction and retention vehicles for key employees, whether that's through some sort of equity sharing plan or, or synthetic equity, like a phantom equity or an equity appreciation rights or profit sharing. Uh, you know, we do a lot of those for clients and there are ways to make um, things attractive, especially in an up economy, because if you're sharing profit with people or sharing some portion of the value of the increased value of the company, whether that's through real equity or synthetic equity, then, you know, that growth opportunity that you have in a good market makes those kind of vehicles attractive. If you give somebody a profit sharing uh, uh, incentive or a uh, equity or equity equivalent incentive and you're in a down market, you're not making any profit and the company's not going up in value, well, that is not, you know, in the short term at least, uh, any kind of real incentive. Now, you know, you hope when those times comes, you have longer term thinking employees who will bank upon it coming back. But in the in the up market, you can show direct uh, opportunity from those compensation and, and attraction and, and uh, retention vehicles uh, to keep, you know, to keep employees in a way where it's tougher in a recession. Uh, and that, you know, allows you to be able to do more deals because, you know, you have the right talent or you acquire the talent through deals and put the right comp ends in place. Sometimes, you know, what happens is uh, one of the gaps is that the prior company, maybe it's an old time owner, right, uh, who has not modernized their their uh, compensation and attraction vehicles or is the kind of person where it's, you know, their baby and they're not going to share equity. And, you know, you're able to um, reinvigorate uh, the existing employees of the company uh, and or attract and hire uh, employees who wouldn't otherwise come because you have that upside and that opportunity we talked about what you see you can take the company to, but also because you're able to modernize or update or uh, have a more uh, equitable and, uh, you know, uh, and, and incentivizing compensation and um, uh, an incentive plan uh, that can bring key people in. And that's easy to do in an up market, right? So, um, you know, that's another reason to, to do it. And like I said, uh, deals is something you should always be looking to do up, down, or sideways market because as long as you get clear on your objectives and you get clear on, on what's going to be accretive to the bottom line and you get clear on, clear on what you think the upside is, uh, then there are going to be good deals in, 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 in every market. Uh, there are different things you have to watch out for. Um, you know, you have to watch out for the, you know, the, 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 the dropping knife in the recession times and you got to watch out for the... Um, the overpaying and the and the uh, inflation evaluation and the uptimes, but in both those cases, there's opportunities for deals to be done. So I think this is a great time to um you know to to look at uh, to look at doing deals and 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 listen, I'm doing a lot of deals for clients uh, these days, uh, and uh, and there's a lot of good deals being done, things that are going to really you know help them grow and then set them up for the future and uh, expand the types of services they're providing to to their clients and. Um, you know, and, and, and leverage the the opportunities of the combined expertise of the of the of the two companies and, and of the scale, or of uh, the licensing deal they've done. You know, or of um, uh, you know what they can do with the funding that they've gotten. So, um, you know, you, that's what you want to do. You want to see what kind of opportunities there are, there are out there, um, and um, you know, see see what you can be leveraged. You can leverage and always look at what kind of deals you know, are available. Um, and, and listen, even in, you know, even in great markets, right, there are still always people who are looking to retire or looking to move on or want to move into the next business or, you know, uh, or decide they don't love being owners or entrepreneurs. So, you know, there's always going to be time to take advantage of it. Uh, you just, you just need a little more deal discipline and uptime so that you don't, you don't do a bad deal. Um, 
but you know, listen, and if you pay, if you overpay in any market, whatever the market is, it's a bad deal, right? It's just, it's just that, um, uh, because of, uh, especially on bigger deals, because there's a lot more capital, uh, being deployed, uh, even though that's a good thing, it also can inflate, uh, uh, deal prices, and you need you need to look out for that. It's less true on the smaller deal on the medium deal size, um, you know. But but that's something to be to be aware of. Um, so listen, if if you have any questions about uh, deals at any point, obviously reach out to me. Um, if there's any, by the way, if there's any topics you want us to cover on this podcast, whether it's one of my solo casts or you you um, uh, have a suggestion for a guest or a topic you want to hear about, um, you know, reach out to us. Uh, you can comment on social media. You can reach out and email me. Um, you know, the intention really is to have these uh, podcasts be information of value. They're always free. It's going to be, and, and you know, w- between the great guests and the topics that uh, that I cover, we're hoping that we expand your uh, appetite and ability and curiosity uh, to do uh, more deals, whether we are in up markets, down markets, or, um, you know, or, or wherever we are in the cycle. So, folks, uh, it's, uh, it's always great to... Uh, to be with you, even though it's uh, it's a one way recording, but I always I always actually envision uh, a bunch of you listening, and I and I hear from you that uh, you know we we just keep growing in listeners, and it's exciting to me, and I'm I'm, I'm thrilled, and I'm hoping it's help you helping you grow your businesses. So with that, I'd like to thank you, Fueling Deals listeners, for tuning in. Remember, there's only one difference between companies that grow inorganically and those that don't, and it's unrelated to size, amount of capital or any other factor other than that the owners and executives of companies that do deals make a decision to do deals, and then they take action. Well, it's time to refuel. So until next week, Corey Kupfer signing out. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to leave Fueling Deals a rating and review on iTunes and Google. Check out all our episodes at fuelingdeals.com to find out more resources to accelerate your business growth.